So let's talk about your 76-year-old man, Bill. This is a 76-year-old man who spends half the year up north at Dartmouth. So he was diagnosed at Dartmouth before I saw him approximately two years ago when he presented with anemia, night sweats, and weight loss. And a diagnosis of mild fibrosis was made up north. He was jack mutation negative. And what's interesting about his case is he didn't have any splenomegaly. I mean, he has splenomegaly if you look at a scan, but nothing that's palpable. He's been seen at Dartmouth and down here, was not felt to be a transplant candidate because of his age. And he was given a trial of ESA therapy, which was stopped after a few months because it didn't seem to provide any benefit. He's had now uh, approximately six units of blood, is somewhat chronically fatigued, and he was started at Dartmouth on lenalidomide, three weeks on, one week off, at a dose of 10 milligrams. So what's his current situation? Well, his hemoglobin today was like 8.2 or so. He was feeling reasonably well. What I was asking Ruben was, it's a little bit difficult to sort of tell what the lenalidomide is doing or not doing because he still needs occasional transfusions, but it's not enough that you can really tell if it's really making a difference or not. He's never had ruxolitinib? He has not, but he doesn't have splenomegaly and he has a normal white count, a normal platelet count. So what are your thoughts about him, Ruben? Well, I'd say, you know, the patients with myelofibrosis are really a spectrum. And this sort of patient, which Bill described, does represent a select group of patients with myelofibrosis, where their difficulty seems to be primarily related to the anemia and less around splenomegaly and symptoms. Now, this is a minority, but these patients clearly still exist. We've studied them, and they clearly do have myelofibrosis. So they don't have myelodysplastic syndrome but they have this phenotype that at least mirrors that sometimes of refractory anemia within MDS. These individuals in general, we've not felt beginning with a JAK inhibitor has been overly helpful in part because the main burden that they have, the anemia, is not been you know, central to kind of the responses that we would expect. So patients like this clearly have seen immunomodulatory drugs. We've had trials with thalidomide, lenalidomide, and even palmolidomide. They all have some activity. All of their activity still is probably in that 20 to 30% range. The benefit that Bill described in this patient, again, seems very modest. It's sometimes difficult to know in the patient that's needing occasional transfusions. Are they having a little bit of benefit from the medicine, i.e. would they need more transfusions without it, or is it really not beneficial? Sometimes it's tough to know, but if the number of transfusions is this frequent, sometimes that certainly won't preclude us from trying a different therapy. People have tried erythropoietin stimulating agents. I found that they're probably the most helpful if an individual's baseline EPO level is fairly modest. This would be fairly consistent with the guidelines regarding the myelodysplastic syndromes, where again, people who have a relatively suboptimal EPO level may benefit this individual as well may fall in that category. This is a group of individuals we clearly consider for clinical trials to try to see are there alternative mechanisms of action or other agents which may be beneficial for improving those cytopenias. Yeah, in that regard, actually, when Bill initially sent me this case, he had a note on there saying the patient came in the office today and asked about a clinical trial he found on clinicaltrials.gov a phase two study of PRM 151 in MF, in which you're the PI. So would he be a candidate for that study? 
Actually, he would, and certainly we'll work with him and Bill to see if there's a site that would be convenient either here in South Florida or up in the Northeast. That's a trial led by Serge Verstavchik, myself, and several others, which is an anti-fibrosing agent that seems to have an impact on the monocytes that hopefully improves marrow function. We saw in the phase two study, which we presented the data at ASH, improvements in splenomegaly and symptoms, but also improvement in anemia and thrombocytopenia, and even fibrosis. So it looks encouraging, but an ongoing study. But yes, someone like this would be very appropriate for such a study. Did you have patients in that study, you know, kind of similar to this patient where the primary problem was anemia who had significant benefit? Yes, there definitely were people with this sort of phenotype in that initial study that had some benefit. I'm just kind of curious, Bill, what are your thoughts about putting them on that study? I don't even know what the logistic issues might be. Well, you know, I try to put every patient I can think of on clinical trials, and ruxolitinib is not going to help a patient like this. He doesn't have a lot of options. I'm not seeing a lot of response to letalidomide. ESAs didn't really help. I think a clinical trial would be ideal. I would do anything I can to help him be able to participate. And he has the ability to move around. So he's the kind of patient that could go places to get enrolled on a trial like this. Interesting. Anything else you want to say about this patient? What's his lifestyle like at this point, Bill? He actually told us he was riding his bicycle. He's very active. You know, when his hemoglobin gets in the mid-7s, you know, he gets symptomatic and really can't function very well. 